0: I je against the l'interdiction of euh, je suis pour l'interdiction du voile dans l'espace public. Je I have je it dis de la manière la plus claire, je pense que le voile est euh, un, un uniforme imposé par les islamistes. Il faut euh, libérer l'ensemble de ces femmes, il faut faire reculer les islamistes. Hi everyone, welcome back to the channel. Today we're in the studio as you can see, so we'll be having loads of interesting debates and discussions here in the studio. Um today I'm joined in the studio with Rizwana Hanif, um, who is originally from the US um, and she's a trained speech and language therapist uh, and she's working in the UK as a therapist. Uh, today we'll be discussing a controversial topic, um, very common, uh, commonly discussed in Europe and in the UK, which is a topic of hijab and more specifically with the recent French elections, um, a little bit about that perspective But first, today, if we can, um, if I can first ask, you know, Rizwana, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, a bit about your background.
1: Um, Yeah, you've, my accent will betray me right away. And you've said (laughs) most of it, um, Anne-Marie, but um, yeah, I've been in the UK for seven years now, but born in Pakistan and raised in the US. So I hold a lot of those kind of um, biases, I suppose. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and working in the NHS currently. Oh yes, yep. as, and that's as a speech and language therapist, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah, Okay. that's
0: right. Did you work at all in the US as a speech and language therapist, um, or
1: just briefly? So okay. it was still in training, but um, bread and butter work was done here in the UK. Okay,
0: amazing. Yeah. Okay, so as I mentioned, so we uh, I thought it would be an interesting kind of um, episode to, to talk a little bit about the hijab, which is always quite a controversial topic. It's always it's quite frequently in the media, especially in the run up to elections. Um, And uh, as you know, as well, there were some recent elections in France in April this year, where um, it became quite a topic of contention again, um, with the two main candidates, uh, Macron and Le Pen, who were the two kind of who were kind of running off and debating against each other and the Mm -hmm. issue of hijab and Halal meet and just generally Muslims in France was a big topic of debate that was thrown around a lot. So I thought it would be nice to kind of start off with a video. Um, and it's essentially a, a video in which the journalist is interviewing a couple of Muslim women um, about that in the run up to the election, which has already happened in April. But yeah, let's let's have a look and see what they say. Presidential vote. Le Pen wants to ban Muslim women from wearing the Islamic headscarf in public spaces, but not other religious symbols, such as the Jewish kippah. She promises to fight Islamist ideologies that she calls totalitarian. In the hope of keeping Le Pen out of power, Turadex says she will vote for Macron, but only begrudgingly. Clearly, my identity is being instrumentalized in the
1: public space. People apply political logic to something that is not political at all, that is intimate,
0: that is personal. Wearing the veil really is a very personal choice, and it is at no time a political choice. The president's track record on Islam has left her deeply disappointed. Okay, yeah, so, um, so what do you think about her Um, kind of basically mentioning that it's a personal choice and it's always kind of brought into the perspective of being a political choice? What do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they meaning the French um, politicians, have chose to look at hijab as a completely political symbol, um, particularly mm. in the public sphere. And just seeing those women and realizing that they definitely have a really hard choice to make or had a hard choice to make mm. is just, you know, it it's reflective of the world we're in. They had a choice between one form of Islamophobia and another, where their um, right to dress as they will was being a forefront in politics and was highly (laughs) questioned, so...
0: Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of strange listening to and and seeing a couple of these videos that I've seen on YouTube of Muslim women talking about this issue, because I really have taken it for granted in the UK and in the US as well, I guess, where it's really like the freedom, the freedom to dress how you want, Mm. you know, regardless of your religious background or your cultural beliefs, you know, you're free to dress as you want. And it's not kind of pulled into the spotlight almost at all like in terms of the hijab it's not debated as much here in terms of real life politics i think certain things have been debated like the niqab or the face veil Mm -hmm. um but the the kind of basics of hijab and kind of halal meat and stuff like that hasn't really been put on the political spotlight as much
1: i think yeah you're absolutely right we take for granted that um freedom of religion and it seems like in france they want complete freedom from all religions yeah. <laughs> um so it's a it's a very fine kind of point but it affects as we know disproportionately the muslim population yeah Muslim absolutely. women absolutely particularly. absolutely yeah
0: um i think i mean she she kind of mentioned that especially in this run-up to this election mm. that they felt like they were in, in between a rock and a hard place yes uh, because Le Pen is of, is seen to be more far right than Macron is, yeah. Um, but they both are um, not very f- kind of friendly towards the whole issue of Islam within the public space, as such. Mm. Um, and we'll we'll show another video where there's another uh, an, another debate actually going on between the two main presidential candidates where they're discussing the specific issue of hijab. Mm. But I mean. Why is the why? I mean, it's quite an important topic, I guess, in France, I guess, because the Muslim population is fairly large. Um, It's around 9%, I think it was in the most recent statistics. In the UK, the Muslim minority population is about 6%. Germany, I think it was quoted about 8%. Austria Mm. was. uh, Austria and Sweden, again, had a very similar percentage, about 8%. Mm. Um, So it doesn't feel like it's like they form much of a large proportion of the population, um, but they seem quite intent on kind of affecting the Muslim community. I mean, I don't know, what do you think? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think France's background is largely homogenous mm-hmm. previously, um, previously to the last maybe 30 years or so. Mm. And this influx of immigrants who are largely Muslim um, has caught them out in a way. They don't know how to apply those same... Um, rules that they've had previously mm. and the way that they're applying them now is just um it's not working yeah, and it's yeah. i think that's really obvious when you look at other western countries responses to france and their um their kind of limitations that they've placed in the name of um secularism yes yes um, yeah yeah it's yeah. it's odd isn't it it's just they haven't quite found the balance no. <laughs> in um <laughs>
0: Hence why it keeps getting debated continuously. Yes, exactly. um, but actually, like in terms of the Muslim populations overall in mm-hmm. Europe, there are actually countries that have much larger Muslim Muslim minority populations because they're still minorities. But yeah. um, for example, like Macedonia, Georgia, Bulgaria, they they have much larger mm-hmm. Muslim population, but it doesn't seem to be as much of an issue in those countries um, compared to in France and in other Western European nations. Um, I know we were discussing this uh, earlier, but I wonder whether it's related to a culture or they're not, as you say, they're not, they're trying to find their middle ground and they're not sure. I don't know. I mean,
1: they're, yeah, they're kicking and screaming, trying to hold on to, you know, the values and the values and what was um, prevalent 100 years ago. And it's just, um, they have to change with the times, but the way they've changed is not um it's not, there's no justice in the way that they've tried to change basically yes. yeah
0: i agree yeah so there were some specific bans that they actually implemented um mm. so in 2011 uh, France officially banned the niqab in public and that's enforced with a with a with a with essentially a fine mm. um and then there was later on there was the massive debate about the bikini and it was kind of banned on the beaches on public beaches as a potential alternative as a swimwear um and uh yeah so that was in about in 2016 mm-hmm. um and i think uh, later i think we discussed there was an issue of the separatism law in 2001 can you just tell me a bit more about that
1: yep so following on from the ban of um under 18s in schools not being able to attend school with headscarves um, in 2021 there was a new anti-separatism law which also included um, a caveat that mothers could not accompany their children on school trips um wearing hijab So in a way, they are now um, using that under 18 umbrella and Mm. expanding it or trying to expand it to, as we said, fines for women wearing hijab in any public sphere, regardless of age. Um, And it's a slow progression that we can see um, over time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's been as you know, there, there have been loads of debates, not just about the clothing side of things, but also about halal and kosher meat as well you know as halal and kosher are pretty much the same thing it's just um you know that they're kind of ascribed to two separate like um religious groups so halal would be muslims and kosher would be jewish but it's essentially the same method of slaughter Mm. um and in this year's presidential election in april that came up as a specific area where they were considering banning it um and again I, I the question comes in as to why, yeah. and I think you did mention earlier about the secularism and social unity. In the name of secularism and social yeah. unity, they try and implement something that makes society look more homogenous.
1: Yes, exactly that. Yeah, and now they're nitpicking on you know things that are just basics. You know, yeah, and <laughs> trying to remove those in the name of um, equality and um, secularism. So it's actually. When you step back, you kind of think this is actually ridiculous. I mean, hands off my meat, hands yeah. off my hijab, type <laughs> thing.
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and what was this concept of la laïcité? I think you uh, we yes, mentioned this yeah, earlier. Yeah. So what was that? I think it's come in. In I've seen it a couple of times being discussed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So laïcité is just the French concept of secularism. Right. Okay. Um, so the separation of church and state. And I think originally it was used primarily to get the Catholic Church out of all public spheres in France. So they didn't want the Catholic Church to have any influence in schools, Mm. in politics, etc. And as we know, France has a history that's um, entrenched in Catholicism. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, um, they completely broke from any religion um, in any sphere, public sphere. Um, so now they have expanded laicite to, to um, try and apply it to other religions as well.
0: Okay, um, even though those religions aren't involved in policy making, which is what I find strange because they don't, <laughs> like there aren't Muslims in par like, I mean, there are Muslims in their parliament, but they don't try and act and enact religious yeah. reformation, as it were, of the yeah. state.
1: I think it stems from the fear, and this is what they always quote as the main reason why they have um, implemented this um, theory of laicite so broadly. Um, They want to combat what they call um, Islamism, Mm -hmm. and they want to combat radical Islam, so the way they've done it, is in a blanket way to say that okay we don't want this to happen at all so we're going to ban the hijab yeah which is really um extreme it's a form of extremism in itself isn't it yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely i mean it it is i feel like it's a little bit in a way it's kind of when you're comparing it to the system here where we have a secularist secularism here as well a practice that's formed here as well but I feel like the culture of the secular secularism in this country mm. is founded more upon um freedom of religion. And I know during the British Empire when it was um when it was in full full motion, that was probably one of the principles that it tried to carry forward throughout mm. the various nations in, in, in the empire yeah. of freedom of religion. And I think that has influenced a lot of the secular debate here, where actually secularism is more about Trying to provide an equal playing field and not provide a, a, a favoritism, yeah. you know, of yes. one particular religion over another, but Absolutely. it's to allow like freedom to do, you know, practices and mm. live how you wish within the remits of the law. So freedom of religion rather than freedom versus religion. From religion, you, yes, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's so ironic that you know we have that concept of secularism, as does um as do a lot of countries, um, but France mm. is is actively working to not ensure the free practice of religion and actually to um, restrain the rights and freedoms of Muslims and other faiths as well yeah
0: yeah so I mean Lapan I think one of the, the more controversial statements she had in the debate which we'll show a video of the viewers um of what she actually said was when she because she kind of echoes this idea of trying to create a more homogenous society of no differences between individual people it shouldn't yeah. be in the public sphere at all mm. um and she was definitely of the opinion that we should be banning it all in public and that it should a fine should be issued to anyone who would be wearing mm-hmm. a, a hijab in public i wonder if, i don't think that I mean, if it does become into law, I mean, would that really apply to tourists? I don't think so. But anyway, so there is an interesting video where they're kind of debating this. So if we can show the video and then we can chat about it. Mm. Uh, le gouvernement actuel ne prend pas la mesure de la gravité de ce qu'est l'islamisme. J'entends, notre mais vous n'avez pas répondu à ma question sur les signes religieux. Allez-vous changer la loi? Moi, je suis contre l'interdiction. Pour, euh, je suis pour l'interdiction du voile dans l'espace public. Je l'ai dit. Je l'ai dit de la manière la plus claire. Je pense que le voile est euh, un, un uniforme imposé par les islamistes, il faut euh, libérer l'ensemble de ces femmes, il faut faire reculer les islamistes. La laïcité, ça n'est pas combattre une religion. Et donc avec moi, il n'y aura pas d'interdiction ni du foulard, ni de la kippa, ni de quelques signes religieux dans l'espace public, parce que le principe d'égalité fait que si vous rentrez dans cette logique, Madame Le Pen, vous interdirez tous les signes religieux dans l'espace public et pas simplement le foulard. Vous n'avez pas lu Maloïs. N- non, mais j'ai lu la Constitution française. Don't yeah see. so so i think that's that's probably a good point to start so that's kind of a point of contention uh yeah between them mm. um i think that i mean macron had a, a couple of other kind of opinions with regards mm. to restricting certain rights and freedoms of muslims but on this debate on this particular debate with macron he stood apart from her and said i don't think we should ban it but she it was kind of worrying this year because lepan got so close yeah. i mean the the runoff between the two was really close. Yeah. Um, and I mean, from my pers- perspective, you know, a, a leader represents her people. So mm-hmm. if she, uh, their people, so if if she managed to get that far, it's because people were voting her in with those views as yeah. well, and she represents the views of the people. You know, uh, uh, by by extension of that.
1: Yes, one hundred percent. It is really worrying because you think that's the political climate now, and. If it continues to go down that trajectory, then the right wing is going to be, you know, the only choice potentially. Yeah. Um, in France, and then the one um phrase that really struck me from her comments was, um, "We need to free women." Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's just so funny. Do you need because, freedom, Rosana? Um, she wants to free women <laughs> by telling us what how we can dress, and that's exactly um the yeah. argument that she uses to you know springboard her platform of yeah. banning hijab so it's just a bit I I don't think she can see that um dichotomy yes. at all yeah
0: um I think it's kind of it, I suppose it'd be hard for her to see it because she's not with she's not practicing in sure, that yeah. area so I suppose yeah so um I think she just sees it, as you say is all from one angle like mm. she just sees it as sort of like an extremist element of uh, the idea that Islam is forcing women to cover up and to dress modestly, etc. But actually, Islam, you know, as a fundamental truth within the Quran as well. It doesn't force anyone to do anything. Mm. It prescribes or uh, has recommendations about certain things, but at the end of the day, it's up to you if you want to, practice those things as a muslim then it recommends those for particular reasons whether it's fasting whether it's praying whether it's wearing a more modest dress but there's no compulsion in religion hmm you know, but you know, from her perspective, she sees it as it being a compulsion, and that Islamists are forcing women to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, pers- we can go a little bit about like personal choice and personal reasons why we wear the headscarf a bit later, but um, it's definitely not something that was forced upon me and forced upon any of my friends, to be honest. But mm. um, but that's her perception, isn't it? That it's yeah yeah. I
1: think I think we have to we have to see that background and understand it exactly as you said because Mm -hmm. there are women who are forced there's no question about it but as you said what is what does Islam say and that's Mm -hmm. what we have to look back at that's what we need to educate um politicians about what is um true Islam say about that um compulsion and we know for a fact that um those women who are subjugated and forced are not following true Islam and they are actually a lot of times culturally influenced. Mm, Yes, Um, yeah. And yeah.
0: Yes, yes. No, I completely agree. Um, But I can, as I say, uh, being from a Western background, being Mm -hmm. a convert, I can see where she's getting those views from as well because, you know, long ago, I kind of had similar views, that hijab and, you know, all of that stuff, headscarves and, um dressing modestly Mm -hmm. that was all kind of not forced upon you i knew that because i had friends who were girls who you know who would wear headscarves as well and they weren't forced because i knew them personally but and there was a a perception that it's part of an oppressive tool Mm -hmm. to keep muslim women down um so i can kind of see i can see where she's coming from and where that perception comes from um so but as we i mean we've already talked about the, you know where that comes from in terms of their the founding principles the french principles of liberty uh equality and fraternity and um going forward you know it's quite different to mm. our kind of perception of secularism here where it's more freedom of religion rather than freedom from religion it seems mm-hmm. the, i think a lot of people have actually forgotten uh, a lot of how women used to dress back in the day actually mm-hmm. um, and there is a perception particularly amongst the youth here amongst um, with modern waves of feminism that actually the way we dress was has never been particularly similar similar to mm-hmm. how Muslim women dress um, and it's actually quite convenient with the policies that France have made uh, recently with banning yeah. um, the face veil and the headscarf mm-hmm. and just generally with the trajectory within Europe, um, it's it's convenient because the mode of dress of Muslim women um, gets affected. Like it's yeah. the most different, I suppose. Now mm. modern in modern times, what do you think about? Yeah, that? yeah.
1: Um, like you said, they've just they've looked at modern beauty standards in this century, in this age, yeah, um, and decided that everyone needs to ascribe to the same. Um, and not taken into account that actually beauty standards have been changing and evolving yes. for years and years. yeah. Um, and that their own, as, as I mentioned before, their own history is rooted in Catholicism and yeah. that image of the Virgin Mary, who is completely covered mm. um, and modest. So it's not that far out from their own history. Yeah. But as you say, the youth have, um, kind. they just they cannot even recall
0: that history anymore. They don't have a memory in a way. And I think, I mean, with one of the videos that we're going to show is the last video that we will uh, just have a chat about. Mm. um, One of the uh, comments was related to um, him basically noting that in the past, there were lots of women who in his local area who wouldn't actually step outside the house (laughs) without wearing some kind of covering on their head which was interesting because even from my perspective Mm -hmm. you we don't really have a memory of this and so Mm -hmm. if you don't see it then you feel like it's never really happened it becomes other
1: to you and to your experience thus it's not you know accepted yeah Um, and I think that that acceptance and tolerance has rapidly decreased in France Mm. um, because of the far-right kind of climate and stigmatizing Muslims and, I don't know, we're headed towards um, tricky, let's say, economic times. The worry is that that... Um, divide is going to get even greater as we mentioned before and um, they'll be scapegoated essentially in the
0: political rounds Mm. that they're having every few years so that's very true it was uh, interesting actually my great-grandmother my mom would tell me this about my Mm. great-grandmother that she always used to cover her hair and she's from eastern europe she's of a romanian background Mm -hmm so she would tell me tales about you know how really long her hair was and how she would meticulously like look after it but she would always cover it Mm. um and yeah she would always wear a headscarf and she was like this tiny uh, tiny little lady but um it was It was definitely, and I think it is still part of the culture in Eastern Europe where mm. you go to church, you cover your hair. That's yeah. actually a very common practice.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. It's yeah. the same in in the States, actually, especially in a lot of southern communities. Oh, right. Okay. And um, still, they'll go out with a triangular scarf around their hair or to church with a hat on.
0: Oh, um, yes. Okay. And
1: really modestly to church. So, it's, yeah. Uh, it's still happening there, but obviously um the kind of religious lean is different between America and Europe yes um, yeah
0: and in the UK even in the UK like going to church here when I was younger they'd most women I remember seeing one woman who would cover her hair like in an actual sort of turban style Mm. or kind of traditional headscarf Mm. you know kind of style but nobody else would and Mm. people especially the youth would use it as an opportunity to kind of flaunt their new clothes or flaunt whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's quite different. So I think the separate cultures are kind of kind of different. But definitely in Eastern Europe, it was still a thing now. Mm. Um, but it seems to have kind of gone out of the memories of the youth in the UK in particular and in Western Europe, I feel. So if we go and have a look at this one interesting video, I saw this a couple of months ago. Uh, it was on one of, I think it was on a, some kind of Islam media channel or something, mm-hmm. but I... <laughs> The title of it struck me at first and then it it was actually quite interesting seeing um, the contents. Lots of people were kind of debating in the comments as to why they might be covering in that way. I mean, I don't know what what you think of the video.
1: I think uh, a lot of people of the older generation might remember, as you said, their grandmothers um, wearing a a scarf in a similar way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it just speaks to the fact that it is not so other is yes it? exactly particularly yeah. because i think that was um that video was um said to be in london in yeah. 1902 so that's not <laughs> that long ago either is
0: it no it's not not at all no. um some people were saying it because they would I think some people were grappling with the idea like oh that's quite shocking mm. um I've never seen that like actual British or English people were saying oh um, there must be a reason why they were wearing that and some yeah. some were saying it might be because there was coal mining nearby I mean it's a London London video I don't know about coal mining near London I don't yeah. it was mostly in the Midlands I thought coal mining yeah, I mean I worked in an old Birmingham, old coal yeah. mining town it's,
1: it's in interesting the because they look like a working class don't yeah. they yeah. whereas yeah. um in general, when we look back, we think about um, those that were covered were usually upper class. Um, okay. But now we can see that it's kind of you know it's across across classes across socioeconomic classes.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that was that was an interesting video. So, yeah. I mean, uh, expanding from that, so what what are your personal reasons why you mm-hmm. kind of wear a headscarf, dress modestly, et etc. Like, what do you?
1: Yeah, I what's think. Your reasons. I think obviously everyone has their own personal reasons and for me um I wear it in an effort to get closer to God in an effort to it is definitely a symbol of my faith Mm. um and I wear it because it's been prescribed for Muslim women so again it helps me in that spiritual journey Mm -hmm. that each woman each man has yeah um themselves (laughs)
0: for themselves <laughs> was that something you kind of started when you were in as a teenager like when did that journey start for you
1: yeah so um i started wearing hijab in university mm-hmm. um not through kind of my formative teenage years mm-hmm. it was definitely a choice yeah. to start um and it was never forced upon me or said oh you know when are you going to start are you going to etc um yeah, and not in the states there are not that many hijab wearing women. Yeah, I went yeah. to a university where there were um, maybe five others oh, out okay. of um, a population of about two thousand. So okay, um, yeah, very few then, <laughs> <laughs> very very few. Um, but it is definitely a personal personal decision and. Yeah, I'll leave it
0: there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I definitely echo the same sentiment. Um, being of a co- like kind of convert background, not kind of, I am a convert background. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of the spiritual journey and trying to get closer to God yeah. and trying to find um, a nearness to him that I really sh- kind of, sh- you struggle with because you don't, being coming mm-hmm. from a sort of more atheist background in terms of the household I was raised under was an atheist background. You had no idea of how to, find your footing and what direction Mm -hmm. you should go and where to even find information Mm -hmm. um but slowly slowly on that journey you know um trying to get closer and uh i kind of i try to model myself on other religious figures like other women who seem to get a close connection with Mm -hmm. god like um, mary the mother of jesus Mm -hmm. for example uh and kind of mirroring mirroring that at the time um made me kind of inspired me oh maybe i should like wear a headscarf and see how it goes really it's kind of like trial and error um but i i felt the impact was like nearly immediate like spiritually speaking Mm. um it brought me much closer to god i was much more focused in my Mm. prayers and in everything i was doing and actually in the wider practice like people's um behavior toward like around me wearing the headscarf has mm-hmm. been quite refreshing. Yeah. Um I mean I've got okay. a few funny instances, but I don't know if you like how have people reacted with you like in the UK versus US? Was there any difference? Like um, working?
1: The UK is definitely more diverse. <sighs> yeah. But it goes back to those those principles that we were talking about in the beginning that in the US you are free to practice your religion as you see fit as long as it's not harming anyone else. Um I think yeah. post 911 there was definitely more um I don't know negative attitudes towards the way that I chose or Muslim women choose to practice their faith. Yeah. Um but I I never experienced anything overly negative actually which okay, is surprising I guess yeah. <laughs> when I say that people are are <laughs> quite shocked but um yeah I it has Instead of um, being a negative thing for me, I really feel that it has empowered me to just let go of so many insecurities and just to focus on um, my internal journey and my internal qualities as well. I think that's something that's repeated quite often, but until you actually live it and you can you can i can say it wholeheartedly
0: um yeah definitely and it forces you to kind of focus inwards and kind of turn away from materialism Mm. you know i mean there's there's nothing wrong with you know dressing up or buying nice clothes and things but the focus you know within religion is actually trying to to turn away from the things that will distract you from god yeah so um wearing a headscarf and is like a physical reminder and of trying to turn mm. you away from the things that will distract you yeah. from god essentially so um but yeah i i found because obviously like growing up i didn't wear a headscarf in my yeah. kind of youth uh going into late teenagehood so i became muslim when i was 20 so i didn't wear a headscarf until mm. i was like 20 um like 20 turning 21 okay um And uh, yeah, so there was, there was a big difference, actually, it was more of a a side effect, nothing negative, but it was a side effect was that, you know, you don't get as much uh, attention in terms of kind of sexual attention and stuff like that, which Mm. is stuff that I you know most women would absolutely hate going down the road catcalling all of that stuff mm-hmm. which is a massive problem in mm-hmm. the uk massive problem um and uh, and that kind of like immediately stopped essentially and it was a really nice side effect um i would say there, there were a few like funny instances i remember as a medical student um there's one actually i'll tell you it was quite a funny story <laughs> was um uh so i was as a medical student going to going to my placements in surgery mm-hmm. and in some of the surgical placements, you're not allowed to wear a headscarf because mm-hmm. it's kind of infec- infection control, et yeah. cetera. So, so I wore my scrubs and you know my loose blue scrubs and whatever, and then I mm-hmm. wore like a double cap, so my hair was still covered, but nobody could tell that I was Muslim. Mm-hmm. And the surgical registrar who I was working with, was um, he was uh, being a little bit inappropriate, um, just to give me <laughs> minimal details, but he was being a <laughs> bit inappropriate, a bit too jokey. Um with me and then it was and then afterwards when we had a teaching session run by him I yeah. came in with my headscarf and he just looked at me he was just like <laughs> and he just lo- looked down and was just like oh my he looked, looked visibly so embarrassed yeah. and he just like would not look at me throughout the whole like teaching session and and all that it was it was quite funny because of the difference it that it does shouldn't be that way should it
1: <laughs> like he should have the same I mean the fact that he immediately yeah. put you into a different category yeah is not right is it like he I mean, yeah. it speaks to a lot of things about the male gaze and our culture yeah. in general, how it's dominated by what men decide. Is yeah. that it's so patriarchal. Um, but we've gone through our reasons, personal reasons, <coughs> and somewhat based in theology as well. But yeah. it comes down to the fact that it was our choice. And yes. Again, it's our right. And yes. that is what is being... Um, taken away. Yeah,
0: trampled on. <laughs>
1: in, in France, if you take away the theological, you know, it's a piece of fabric. Do women have a right to dress yeah. the way they wish, whether they root it in wanting to attain nearness to God mm. and righteousness or not? Because some women don't. Some women wear it as a political statement or um, as a form of feminism and culturally even. We, do, yeah. we can take, yeah, if we take away um, and we, if we realize that everyone has their own reasons, that we cannot paint an entire populace, an entire religion, with the same brush of um, hijab equals subjugation and oppression, you know.
0: Absolutely. And you can't then dictate what they should wear. Exactly. <laughs> like when we're apparently we're supposed to be oppressed, but you're not allowed to, you're forcing us not to wear this. Anyway, the debate goes on. Yes. <laughs> um so yeah that was an interesting lots of interesting videos Mm. um i think we might end it there so um i think in the next the next um kind of episodes coming up we're not going to cover necessarily the same topic but we'll see we'll see what comes out in the media and the news and then (laughs) kind of decide uh, from there on but thank you for coming in and for chatting about this um specific uh, topic Um, so yeah thank you for joining us Um, hopefully it won't be too long until we get another video out Um, do subscribe and do comment in the box below and and hit that bell notification as well so that you can get a notification whenever a new video gets posted Um, so otherwise thank you peace be upon you